All right, I think it's time that we get started. We're running just a hair late because Dude, of the amazing tournament at <laughs> PAX Australia. You know, by fun and interactive time, we're like 20 minutes early. Yeah, I know. We really are. <laughs> Sweet. So we have a very special guest with us tonight. Uh, you've probably seen uh, her play Legends on Twitch, and she's a member of the community, has been for a while now. Welcome to the show, Nickel. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Nickel Queen on Twitch. <laughs> She also goes by Miranda. I threatened mm -hmm. to call her Susan. I'll tell you what That's she's not, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what she's not. She's not the winner of PAX Australia. I know, dude. Via like, Fireball. That was... Uh, look, that was some some amazing Legends gameplay. <laughs> like, we saw some cards become meta that, you know, really tech choices that ended up working out. Both players are playing Fireball. What is happening? That's... <laughs> I didn't watch, but, um, I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah, if you didn't watch, you missed out. I highly, re highly I recommend. Know. I can't even talk. I'm still stunned. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had a pretty sick last game of mine, though. <laughs> oh, yeah? Alan Spices says that he's waiting for his microwave because it just dinged, so we're going to have to pause the show for a minute, guys. <laughs> well, we, we can just talk about this amazing tournament for a little bit until they get back. So uh, the winner won $500. Uh, nice. The contestants were playing on iPads that were like sitting on a table. Nice. Um, but uh, all jokes aside, as I told Justin just before we went live, it really just made me miss the Master Series and appreciate uh, all of the tournaments that we do get to do. Like anytime I watch a tournament like that as a spectator, it makes me excited about the game again. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I felt the same way. I heard the music. I saw the ESL chairs. Like, I was jealous. Like, I, I wanted to be there casting. I wanted to be watching these people play. Like, it brought back a lot of great memories for me. And, uh, I mean, seeing a tournament on the new client, even if it was uh, with Fireball, <laughs> was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Will in chat says it made him want to quit. It, 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 it's interesting. <laughs> Will, of course, is the guy who won the the world's biggest Legends tournament. <laughs> I love, I love that Will is so competitive at heart that the guy can yeah. can literally win the biggest portion of like a fifty thousand dollar prize pool and then be mad because like somebody else won a five hundred dollar tournament that wasn't up to his standards. <laughs> you know what though? It, it, it's Australian money, which, as I understand it, is. Uh... Not real money. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. upside down money. That makes sense. Wait, yeah. no, the, the earth is flat. Australia is a lie. Oh my god, Bethesda's in on it. This changes everything. I knew I knew there was something shady about CVH. He's part of the cabal that's trying to convince us that the world is round. This, no, is, uh, this is where I would play my soundboard if I had it going for the podcast. Yeah? Why yeah. don't you? You trade in Ruskins, that's what Chad says. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Australia doesn't exist. I can confirm I live here. I know it's a little early for chat, but <laughs> good times. So part of the reason tonight's a super exciting show is that we're like we're we're mid, like I think we're at the midway point, right, of reveals for uh, Spark Pants, Spark Frawl, Frost Spark, Frost Spark, Frost Pants. There we go. Yeah, we'll, I knew we'll, Frosty Pants. We'll yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit later because I okay. I posted an unpopular opinion. 
and I got some direct messages about how I was just trolling, and I assure you, I am not. <laughs> I actually think, after having reflected on it, that I like Frost Spark more than I liked Frostfall. I have to say <laughs> that I disagree with you. I, I mean, like, look, I, I'm a pretty positive guy. I just do not like the name Frost Spark, especially compared to Frostfall, which I thought had the beautiful alliteration, well, the Elder Scrolls. Well, connection. we we will touch on that after the card reveal when we can take the gloves off, and I will I will do my best to bring you to the dark side. But first. Before we even talk about the card reveal, uh, I want to hear about what made Nickel get into Legends. She is the guest after all. Alright, so it's not that uh, exciting of a story, unfortunately. Um, but I've always been a fan, well, I've been a fan of Skyrim. I am kind of a loser and haven't played a lot of the older games. It is on my list to do, as always, but... Uh, anyway, so I love Skyrim, played through it three times at least, um, and always wanting to play more. So uh, my brother is also a huge Elder Scrolls fan, um, way bigger than me. He's played all of the games from whenever, <laughs> and big fan of the lore. He's always yapping to me about the lore. So um, <clears throat> one day he's like, all right. Miranda, you gotta play this game. Elder Scrolls is a card game. And I'm like, what? So I downloaded it and gave it a try. And I started having a lot of fun with it. I, you know, played through the, the tutorial and played on a bit of ladder. And then it got a little competitive. Um, you know, that sibling rivalry type of thing. I was like, yeah, I leveled up to level 30 and I'm at like, like five in my first, you know, week of playing and then my brother's like um i can't have that so i'm gonna start playing it so we just like kind of kind of went back and forth just competing um against each other um but i kind of fell away from it okay didn't play a whole lot um for a couple of months and then he's he was always pestering me to come back to it you gotta play it it's awesome they have twitch drops now Hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are Twitch drops? And it's like, you know, you can get free stuff. Okay. That's cool. You get free stuff if you watch. A little longer than a few minutes later. You know, so it's interesting. Are we live now? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what I think happened was somebody cast a spell on your computer and reduced its 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 power. I mean, Maybe. You, you, suddenly, you didn't have the oh. power anymore. To, you didn't have the power anymore to continue to broadcast the podcast. I, I think it was just uh, Comcast being an asshole. You really sound like you need some harmony in your life, man. You sound a little angry. <laughs> yeah, I could use I could use some Zenyatta, some peace and harmony, for sure. What's... <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. So, uh, welcome back, chat. We are here. We are live, I think, as far as I'm aware. Somebody says Comcast sucks wiener. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I no longer use Comcast, so I don't have to worry about them throttling my internet when I talk shit. But before, when I had like prehistoric internet upload and I couldn't stream at all, and it took me four hours to upload a video to YouTube. Yeah, I had Comcast. <laughs> yeah. I lived in the outskirts of Denver, right? And like, Denver's growing rapidly, but like, they hadn't needed like high speed internet out there yet. So, but now I live downtown. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like 95% of the time things are fine until I need them to work or whatever, and then they're always not. I don't yeah. know. That makes sense. I don't know why they hate me so much, but they do. 
presumably bad karma from a previous life. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Comcast hates everyone, including themselves. You know, it actually, what it, I, 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 I'm totally for, uh, very much for net neutrality, but the fact that we don't have it anymore and Comcast still sucks and hasn't found a way to uh, speed up their service <laughs> to people paying them a lot of money says to me maybe that uh, this is just the best yeah. they can do. <laughs> so yeah we were uh we were getting to know special guest miranda nickel nickel queen um you and i started talking a little bit off the air but i i think that like uh despite being a name in the community for a while now somebody who streamed legends comments on the reddit and the discord and all that stuff on twitter i think yeah i don't know <laughs> I, I i look at pictures on twitter i don't use names <laughs> but like um I don't, I feel like maybe people don't don't haven't really gotten to know very much about you yet. So, you know, how old are you? Where you live? What do you want people to know? I am 28 years old. I'm married. I live in Tennessee of my whole life. Um, currently not employed. I'm technically disabled. I okay. have a lot of invisible health problems. So, I use uh streaming to kind of help me deal with those a lot of times or just you know playing games or hanging out in the twitch community um it's very supportive and uh, uh I, I mean you know legends has always had a great community so it's uh yeah. something that i've always appreciated about that <laughs> well I, I agree i think the community is is one of the one of the highlights of uh, of playing legends is getting to mm -hmm. interact with all the other people who do this mm -hmm. sort of thing um, and, and I also am a huge supporter and proponent of like gaming and gaming communities, particular as like a form of self care, of community building, mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. So, so that's awesome to hear that it's helping you out. Yeah. I mean, I've played video games my entire life, ever since I was little. And I, before I could play, I was watching my brother <laughs> play. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were always, you know, fighting over the, the one in 64 or the, the one Super Nintendo, you know, back and forth. So. <laughs> Absolutely. My brother and I used to play with sticks, and I once broke his nose with a log in the backyard. Oh, that was never us. <laughs> yeah. I, we, uh, I don't think you can call it a stick if it's a log, Justin. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I I saw it the image in my head halfway through the statement, and I realized it was a log. But, like, <laughs> I started off with sticks because, like, we did also play with sticks. We, I, I lived in a farm, and there was this big thistle, thistle patch next to the barn oh. and we would take uh we we'd get sent outside because we weren't allowed to be in the house during the day and we would take these sticks and like pretend they were lightsabers and hit hit thistles but then you know after a few minutes thistles get boring and you have no choice but to fight each other and uh i once broke his nose yeah it's, it's not just a natural development of events there Right. Like you would smack him in the face. I, I mean, absolutely. We took things to their natural conclusion. I once kicked a tree in a forest that I didn't know at the time was rotting. And so, like, when I kicked it, it <laughs> fell on the other side, and it, and it landed on my my good friend's head, like square yes. on it, full slapstick <laughs> comedy, okay, everything, everything you think. Like, I was walking by it, and I I heard it creak, and I was like, "Hey, man, this tree is creaky." And I went to kick it for like effect of like, "Hey, listen to this tree creak," and not, "Hey, I'm trying to kill you in the woods where nobody will find your body." I mean, it hit a, hit him square in the head. <laughs> You, you, you and I had the right kind of childhood. Oh yeah. <laughs> did I you just, not have Did you not have woods near you growing up? Like going to the woods was like what kids did. 
Oh no, even the suburbs. <laughs> Listen, I grew up in a trailer park, but even from our trailer park, you could like walk yeah. to the woods. And then, woods, and yeah. then you had like a you had a tree house fort thing that you built from like construction scraps that were dangerous, <laughs> like rusty nails and stuff. But it was all you could find as a kid. So like you build yeah. this fort, and then you do naturally what any like eight year old kid does: you yeah. dig pits and fill them with tiger traps because you don't want other kids in the neighborhood to get to your tree fort. Nice. <laughs> this is this is antisocial personality disorder we're now discussing. Yeah. <laughs> you guys had. Much more interesting adventures than I ever did. <laughs> well, I mean, like, to, to keep it 100, like, both of our lives ended up kind of train wrecks for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It is fair. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the scariest thing that ever happened to me as a kid is we were playing, uh, I was like five, five or six years old. We were playing uh, soccer, me and the neighbor kids, and the neighbor kid's dad kicked the ball. <laughs> And it went straight on my face. Nice. Yeah. And I fell over and almost broke my nose, actually. So like, <laughs> okay, I, I'm so like, had this experience. Yeah. Crying, screaming, running into the house, and my mom sees this her little girl with this bloody face, like screaming through the door. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah, that was that was probably the most exciting thing ever happened to me <laughs> i think we have a lot of animal stories though we always had animals growing up <laughs> nice what kind of animals oh well uh basically everything um there's like a, a pet cemetery in our backyard basically <laughs> just any yeah. kind of pet you could think of some you tell me that things that uh some things, that things are better stay. off dead <laughs> 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 oh man we have actually jumped the shark before we've even really yeah. started the show this week. This is good. This is Listen, good. <laughs> uh, speaking of like train wreck childhoods, this is, let's see if I can get this to show up on the camera here. This is like the scariest thing that happened to me. I was actually dating my wife when this happened. I had a tree crush my house while we were in it. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, you gotta stop kicking those things, dude. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Like, listen, it was in my neighbor's yard, right? So, like, this is oh, the neighbor's yeah. uh, driveway thing. They had just paved it, too. Like, this thing yeah, had been yeah. paved less than a week. Brand new driveway paved. Wow. And, uh, you know, the tree moved. And I said, hey, it sounds creaky. So, I kicked it. And... Yeah. <laughs> you, you used that unstoppable rage. Yeah, absolutely. Gave Wouldn't that be, like, unstoppable salt? Unstoppable, unstoppable mines. Unsaltable rage. Speaking of unstoppable rage, I, I know that a lot of people are here excited to take a look at the new card, but I, I kind of want to do the thing we usually do, where we kind of recap the previously revealed cards and give our estimates of their power level. Uh, we're usually pretty good about this, and uh, I think there's been a lot, like a lot of these cards have been revealed are pretty divisive as far as like people's opinion on their power level, their playability, so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to maybe do a little roundtable discussion of the revealed cards so far. Yeah, I agree. We should go through the cards, hear what Nickel has to say, and then tell her why she's wrong. Damn. <laughs> Feels bad. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Um, uh, let's start with Piercing Twilight, right? That was the first one. Absolutely. Piercing Twilight, besides being the name of every 16-year-old's emo garage band, <laughs> is uh, a kind of fascinating card. It's one of the it, it's it's playable for its stats alone. I mean, like historically, four four guards in blue for four. See, have seen niche play, 
uh, based on their stats. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't know if I buy that though, Justin, because I don't. The only other one that's ever seen play is Dres Renegade, and I don't think I yeah. saw play because of its stats. It saw play because of its ability, and then the stats were like. No, I mean, I think okay. that like, I think that it. it, it I, I never saw that card matter because of its ability to unshackle things, but there were situations where I've seen it matter because of it was because of its stats. Oh, see, the only decks I've ever seen it played in personally, like when I run into it on the ladder, uh, yeah. it's when people are playing Arrest and they want their yeah, stuff no, to come I, undone. I, or I it's when they're playing like a, you know, a Dagath or a Sorcerer deck that's running Vigilant Ancestor because they really like to curve yeah. a 5-4 on 3 into swinging. I agree. Hey, what's up, Dr. Eagle Talon? I haven't seen you around in a while. It's good to see you. <laughs> um, I, I, I like the mechanic of that card. I think it's it's beautifully deep for 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 like what could could have been like a hate card but i think is instead going to be kind of a really interesting skill testing card it's basically just banish the conscription from your opponent's deck <laughs> See, oh man it's, it's so much more it's, I, uh, yeah i think conscription is like the last thing that you're worried about with that personally i think over time no, it's gonna hit way more hate. lightning bolts for instance yeah, it could be. But people hate conscription so much. You know, that's what everyone's thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, every card revealed is going to have people talking about its effect on conscription because it's sort of like a hot button topic right now, including mm -hmm. to the one that we're going to reveal tonight. I mean, let's keep it real. That's going to be the gut reaction that a lot of people have at first. Be yeah. Followed up with, uh, <laughs> this card is garbage, and then we'll explain why it's not. <laughs> But I mean, like that's been the reaction a lot of people have had a lot of the cards. I mean, the mm -hmm. thing about the second card revealed, the, the the Apex Wolf. I think Apex Wolf is fascinating, and even if it's not immediately obviously powerful, it is it is one of a handful of perfectly designed Legends cards because of its ability to appeal to multiple demographics of Legends players, and because it's a super fascinating arena card as well. Yeah, it, it appeals to everybody uh, who doesn't like to play good cards. Nice, nice. You you're not a fan? No, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Um, I think that, I think that it needs some other stuff to get printed to be worthwhile. Uh, yeah. in the current state, or it needs a meta shift. I'm not saying that it can't ever be good, but the way things have been for the last six months, and let's be honest, that's what we got to go off of for right now. Yeah. Um, taking your turn six to like not impact the board, hope your creature survives. You only get a four, like four, four stats. So like, even if it survives and you get the drain, you're still only playing a four, four when your opponent likely played a five, five on turn four. And this is two turns later. Um, like it does cool stuff, but it just doesn't do impactful stuff right now. And that's my biggest problem with it. That's kind of the direction I was leaning. That's not what I want to spend six, six magic yeah. on. Like ever. <laughs> my my measuring stick for this card is tell me why I'm playing this card over Undying Dragon. Because it's right. funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. And I you'll get no disagreement from me on that point. But yeah. because doggos. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the 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 wolf thing is actually a key reason. I think this is a, a perfectly designed card, right? I mean, look, I it appeals to people who want to play with tribal wolves. It appeals to people who mm -hmm. want to play life gain decks. It appeals to people who want to play really silly combo decks. It draws a card, which is something that people want to do in Spell Sword and never get to do. It, oh, I forgot uh, it drew a card actually. Yeah, it, uh, it 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 just it runs the, this huge long list of like different kinds of players who are going to find something interesting about it. I mean, 
I think the card's bad, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to play it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, another card I think is perfectly designed is Lich's Ascension. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really maintain this belief. Like, I, I, I've said before, Lich's Ascension is the first legendary I crafted when Morrowind dropped. I made three of them right off the bat, and I've spent more time playing with it than any other card in the history of Legends. And it's, it's got a incredibly high power ceiling there you could do incredibly degenerate things with it if it wasn't so like just bad and <laughs> you know there are situations where it will just do absolutely broken things uh and it's totally unique i mean it, nothing else does that oh. yeah i i guess i was wrong i what i should have said is we're going to talk about the uh, cards that were already revealed and then Miranda and I are going to tell Justin why he's wrong. Oh, look, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I like this angle better. No, I mean, the, the percentage of players who give a shit about things competitive viability is, like, incredibly minuscule and likely basically irrelevant to the, the economic viability of the game of Legends. You know, we don't need to design more Bleak Ghost Trolls because the people who that appeals to are not the audience that supports the game. In any, like, it, statistically significant way. But it makes it so that it wouldn't ever be. If more cards get printed like this that aren't going to be competitive, then Legends is going to become something else that... Like, I mean, there, there's just so much that hasn't been reached out to, like, as far as, you know, the competitive scene. I mean, Justin's not wrong in that if they just keep printing Apex Wolves, then eventually Apex Wolf will be good, because everything else will be of equal value. True. Yeah. I I don't... <laughs> I don't want to see, like... I mean, it probably... Well, never mind, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about, but just... I mean, uh... listen, here's the, here's the heart of it, right? <laughs> Justin's not wrong in his assessment, but what you have to remember is that in a vacuum, like there is going to be cards like Apex Wolf and there is going to be cards that are significantly better in C play. And even though the competitive side of Legends isn't going to be what props it up or supports it or ultimately sees the success for it, the fact yeah. that competitive Legends uh, exists and then like people emulate that and they net deck that, those cards that are meme have to have a minimum value because it doesn't matter if somebody wants to play with apex wolf if they go on the ladder and for their next 10 games where they want to have fun with this card and they can't because the yeah. actual competitive cards just smash it in the face like yeah. then people aren't having fun either right so you have to find that fine balance between yeah you know what is going to be enjoyable even if it's not competitive and then the stuff that is uh, like of a higher tier or higher quality. And I think my biggest problem is that, uh, again, right now, uh, with the current card pool and the current meta, I don't think Apex Wolf even crosses that threshold. Now, that being said, we do know we get Isle of Madness before the end of the year. And this set was designed after Isle. So I'm hoping that there's some really cool things that come to support it uh, in mm -hmm. Isle of Madness. But... That would be my biggest concern because Apex Wolf does seem like a fun card. You immediately yeah. think of like all the things you want to yeah. do with it, but it's going to be really frustrating when you play 20 games and not get to do what you want to do with it as well. That's my big concern. Yeah. I uh, challenge accepted. I will hit Legend next month with an Apex Wolf deck. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say. I'm just, I'm I mean, <laughs> you can do it, but what I'm going to tell you is it won't be because of Apex Wolf. <laughs> It'll be because of everything else you put in it. 
You're not wrong. I was gonna make a counter argument, then I realized that like the games that I won this. So, so this season, uh, uh, Nicola, if you, I don't know if you know this, I, I hit legend with a deck that runs Charis Breeding Pit and Cliff Racer Onslaught. Yeah, I'm not enjoying having to play around Charis. Uh, nice. That that's but, happening. Um, that's badass. Um. So anyway, I <laughs> and I realized after a while that like I'm running like ten or eleven meme cards and. 39 classic control scout cards that are that got me to legend yeah <laughs> but i will say charis breeding pit did turn out, i mean the rest of the cards are garbage that i added in but charis breeding pit itself has turned out to be like surprisingly impactful hmm. so after I mean, apex wolf we gotta we gotta speed through because i just realized that uh, because of the technology delays, CVH has a tweet going out later, and we have to beat that timer. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Let's, uh, All right, let's so pick new, it up then. <laughs> new card. Let's do this. Are you guys uh, ready for this? The, yeah, so the next... Uh, well, we'll do the, the quick recap. Next one was Shadow Marking. Go. Shadow Marking. Uh, the worst of the revealed cards so far. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Only because only because it's the hardest to meme with. I got like five good ideas and that's it. But you can draw Apex Wolf with it. How many yeah. how many videos have you made based on barter, Justin? No, look, that's what I intend, <laughs> that's what I intend to do with it. I, I'm just saying, like, least interesting to me. <laughs> all right, sure. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, all right, uh, Karthspire Scout. Yeah. Uh, like, not meta changing, but like much 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 better than people gave it credit for and will find itself in multiple decks across multiple archetypes uh, let me let me just say that i love how you said shadow marking where you get to see three cards and literally give one to your opponent you said it was the least interesting but the one one that just draws a card is in yeah. this list yeah how is shadow marking not more interesting than a one one draw a card <laughs> I revealed the card. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I fucking I deserve this. Oh man, I'm trying to think. Like you and I revealed a number of cards, and and like they've been of relatively high playability, right? Historically, no. no. Hold on. Yeah, no, okay, I don't think mud crab merchant. Well, yeah. If you if you say you and I, sure, but all of the reveals I got before we were doing the podcast, no, they don't see play. What did you reveal? Stalking Shadow Scale, uh, Wildfire Dragon when it had four legs. So, like, my reveal was just clouded by, Err, lore is wrong! <laughs> Pitchforks and torches! <laughs> <laughs> Which, fun fact, when I start the stream, uh, it goes through a slideshow, and I leave up the old art just to troll people. Nice. I, I used the old art as a thumbnail recently. Like, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, so, okay, so the dragon and the... What was your Clockwork City card? Oh, gods. Um, did I even get a Clockwork City card? <laughs> I know you did. Wait, no. We revealed them together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Clockwork I think... City, we started revealing cards together. Yeah. Mm, that's right. Yeah, I know what it was. We revealed we revealed two Clockwork City cards. We revealed Treasure Map on the episode where Pete Hines was a guest. Yes, right? and we it was our first ever commercial. Yeah, uh, uh, Memory Wraith. Yeah. Memory Wraith, that's right. So, speaking of those high-quality uh, competitive cards. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. 
Well, but for Morrowind, for Morrowind, we did get some great cards. Yes, no, Morrowind was fantastic. We got Mudcrab yeah. Merchant, we got Sun and Shadows, we got Geub, and we got... Was that it? I think that was it. Yeah, okay. Treasure Map's great. <laughs> All right, after Karthspire Scout, we had... OP, OP Khajiit. Yeah, I was trying to think of its name, uh, Extortionist. I want to say Executioner, but it's Torval Extortionist. Yeah. I don't know that it's OP. I, I think that it's overrated, but it's really good. What, uh, what was that one? I forget. It's the 7-5 five for 5, and on Slay, you gain Magicka this turn equal to the cost of the creature you slayed. So it's going to be your hmm. budget Blood Dragon. Yeah. Basically. Well, it's going to cost $10. <laughs> Interesting effect. That I, I think I saw the art for it, but I, I missed like the actual um, reveal. Yeah. So like, if you're playing it in a mid rangey or an aggressive deck, right? Like you play it for five, and if it doesn't get immediately blown up, you can either swing for seven, or if they like chump block it with a guard, then you can ramp into something even worse, yeah. right? So if somebody yeah, drops it's... a tree miner in front of it, then you're like, sweet. Then I just yeah. play Encano or Tazcat. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, I think it's an appropriately costed, well statted, really fun and interesting card. You know, like it's rare that like yeah. those like there's a nexus of like Timmy, Johnny, and Spike all are have interest in a card. Yeah, and I think this one hits all three really well. I'm more interested in it than I was Bleak Coast Troll. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've run. I mean, yeah, Bleak Coast Troll has to be the most boring, awesome card ever made. <laughs> Did we reveal a card from that set? Yeah. Oh, we, yeah, cast into time. That's yeah, because right. we're Banish Boys. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> cast, cast into time. Okay. That's why I'm mad we didn't get Piercing Twilight. Yeah, actually, I, I, I felt the same way. Um, so then it was Jelly's reveal. Uh, the the Destruction Tutor. Yeah. I, I, mm -hmm. I feel a, kind of, a certain kind of way about this card. <laughs> I feel like until they print a card that says when you play an action, draw a card, it's just not super great. And it's got some like niche case uh, scenarios where you use it to set up finishing somebody off the following turn. But outside of that, it's kind of ho-hum yeah, currently. Yeah. I I do like that it's a build-around card. I'm excited about whenever, whenever any card like that comes you know, in, into the meta. I'm super excited about it because it adds variety to the ladder. Um I don't like it at five cost. I would have preferred a one one for four, honestly, just so that I could curve into uh, the lady f that powers action mage. What's that creature? Thorada, uh, Iron? No, um, Hex Mage, Lilandral Hex, Hex Mage. Hex mage? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I would have taken a zero one for four over the five cost three five. And I think it would have been just as good, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not, I don't think the card's very good, but I do love it and I will be playing with it. But um, for people who think that it's going to make action decks a thing, I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical. Uh, you know, burn decks are also some of the least interactive decks in the game, too, and they're sort of boring to play against. So I, I don't want to see that, that archetype encouraged very much. But I, I am excited that the action assassin action mage archetype is getting support at all yeah fair and I that mean, brings I've, us 
Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, I was no, no, just no. going to say, I've, I've never been a fan of just like action spam decks. I like fighting for the board. It's always. You mean you, you play this game that has creatures and not one, but two lanes where they can fight each other to the death and you want to <laughs> play with creatures on a board and not I just know. throw actions? That's so weird. I'm ridiculous. No, like I, I, I know that that was probably shade thrown at me, Mister Mister Charmer. No, and uh, I, I, uh, I like playing for the board. I just also like playing creatureless decks. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that catch us up then? Are we are we at? I guess that's it. There's no more cards. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll transition. Oh, yeah. The four one prophecy <laughs> card. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah. the ambusher. This card's great. Uh, I don't. I don't know that the power level is, is super high, but this card's great because it again appeals to multiple people. There are several different things you can do with it. There are ways to meme with it while also like potentially in the right meta. You know, it being a really solid choice for our main deck card. Uh, I like it. I think it's really interesting design. It's the first. I mean, other than Two Moons Contemplation, which isn't really a card, uh, it's the first card that triggers on your opponent's turn like this. Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. It's it's our first interesting too. first trap card, first counter spell card, that sort of thing. <laughs> so Endazoma uh, calls it the only card revealed so far that we'll see play in multiple decks. Endazoma, your cynicism is uh, remarkable today. I'm following your comments in chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mul multiple decks, huh? I would maybe put it in like yeah. one or two taps. I think it's worse than most of the cards revealed so far. In terms of like power level. I think you're mistaking power level for meme level. No, I mean in this case I really don't think it's particularly <laughs> strong. What do you think, Derek? Type let's let's get let's get some thoughts. I mean here. I think that uh I think that the the four one ambusher card is a meta dependent card. Um, I think that it will have more power in tournaments where you can better predict the field than it will on the ladder. On the ladder, I think it's way too much of a crapshoot because there's a lot of decks that won't give it to you for free. So the prophecy means nothing and the effect means nothing, and then you're left with a four one that you can't even hide in the shadow lane. So yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there won't be decks that play it, but. You know, if Siege Catapult wanes in popularity, for example, and people aren't lane stacking, um, it becomes far less important, in my opinion. And I also think that uh, control decks aren't going to, like, super depend on it for the effect simply because if you're playing red control, smart players are probably not lane stacking anyway because you want to not give them Skavens and not give them Cradle Crushes. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I, again... I, I think that uh, I think a lot of times it's just going to be a two cost four one guard, and I wouldn't play that now. So, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, we'll see. So yeah, I, I guess there's just no more cards. <laughs> see you all on the ladder. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's it, right? <laughs> You know, looking at this artwork here you've got presented on the screen, I'm feeling very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Confused? Because those people look confused. <laughs> they do look confused, yeah. <laughs> that might as well be a picture of you and me, just in a perpetual state of confusion. Yeah, it is. That is, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, uh, the new card is a willpower card. And it's an action, so Justin loves it. <laughs> he can put it in that creatureless deck. <laughs> I would not play this in a creatureless deck. Uh... Yeah, it, it is an action, but it's not an action for a creatureless deck, not at all. It's got uh, prophecy, right? It does have prophecy, and it's going to be good for because of its cost. It's going to be good. It, it's going to be equally impactful played from hand, and just as like balanced as at this cost, I think played from hand as it would come to, coming down as a prophecy. And it does something that we have seen before. And also not seen before because of the wording. So, yeah. it, it is an effect that lasts longer than anything we've seen that does this before. Yeah. So, are, are we ready? Are we gonna see it? I'm feeling pretty harmonious, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Harmony. Harmony is a two-cost willpower action with prophecy. And the text says, give all enemy creatures minus two, minus zero until the start of your turn. And that's uh -huh. the important part. Uh, because it's the start of your turn, if you play this proactively on your turn, then you can potentially make some favorable trades while things are reduced. And then yeah. anything left over is yeah. still going to have minus two, minus zero when your opponent goes to attack you. And then on the prophecy side of things, then it can be used... Uh, very interestingly, to potentially prevent multiple creatures from attacking, which is pretty unique, right? Cards yeah. like Cloudrest or even Harpy, uh, they can lock down one threat, but if you're playing against a go-wide Halalu board, for example, if they've got like three two twos yet to attack, this yeah. has the potential to shut them all down, which is pretty interesting. I agree. Uh, you know, you, we were talking before the show about places we might play this. I, I think that Halalu deck generates enough card advantage that, that they could get away with playing a copy or two of this in order to just completely break mirrors. Right? I mean, yeah. you, you have reasonably equally sized boards, you play Harmony, you trade into everything your opponent has, and you win the game. It's, it's interesting. Uh, for decks that may struggle against the go-wide boards, and a lot of times... Even if you get to Ice Storm, Ice Storm's too late. This could certainly uh, buy you a lot of time. I see this as being, uh, honestly, like healing potion in some scenarios, where a lot of times it's just going to represent like, hey, gain some life. Uh, but because it scales with the size of your opponent's board, and because it's not just a lane, it's all enemy creatures, it has uh, better upside than healing potion. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It is really interesting. I, I also I, I want to make clear. I think that in terms of willpower cards in arena, this is a top ten card. Like absolutely a better than Apex Wolf, which I think is also really good in arena. But I think Harmony is one of the most impressive willpower cards you can draft. I, I, I this is a really interesting card because it costs two. It has prophecy. It, it affects the entire enemy board for the, the 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 remainder of your turn and all of their next turn. Yeah, I mean, if you play it on your turn, I am of the opinion that this one is uh, very much a meta dependent card, and uh, yeah. much like the ambusher I was talking about, I think that. It may or may not be right for ladder, but if you're going right. into tournaments and it's sometime in the future and you expect, you know, Halalu or tokens or whatever, then it could be a great 
uh, tech choice because obviously this does not feel good against no. mid-range, for example, right? Like, right. if your opponent's playing, you know, five fives and then blood dragons and whatever, and you tickle them, it does nothing. So... <laughs> yeah. It's it's it, it is absolutely fascinating. Uh, it's the kind of card that, that besides the obvious interaction with like Aerostorm, which is funny, uh, you really need to think about whether or not you play this card, how many copies you play, when's the appropriate time to play it. It's it is a like a, a really complex card. I'm I'm excited about this. Help helps out that grizzly gourmet. Oh, it definitely helps like Grizzly Gourmet. I mean, and if, there are definitely times, like, another, another use for this I, th I was thinking about is in conjunction with Nimira Shrine, a deck that wants to play, a, you know, critical mass of cheap cards in each, every turn. Um, and I think that most Nimira Shrine strategies would benefit from this sort of effect. I mean, whether or not it just functionally gains some life, or it lets you trade more successfully on the board, or combos with your Executes and your uh, sorry, your uh, Grizzly Gourmets, like, I really like this in Willpower running Numera's Shrine. I'm, I don't know. Well, how, how do you feel about this, Miranda? I feel like all this car does is make... <laughs> it, it just makes, like, tokens and Halalu even worse. See, I would argue that it oh. conversely makes them better. I just gotta go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that that didn't look like Will's dad at all. I need need to point out that the audience can't see that because they just saw the. Uh, I think you just still just see the card, so he yeah. got a pass there. But we did just have another great moment in, on uh, history of the show. Okay, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, all it, all it does is make like uh, wide boards worse to play, and they're already really bad to play. Like, uh, yeah, I was saying, like, tokens and halalu and things. It's like, and, and, and like you guys were saying, it doesn't do anything to big static creatures. It's like, all it does is make a deck that's already bad worse. <laughs> I, I guess my follow-up to that would be that I, I feels to me like halalu aggro is pretty good right now. And, uh... On uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And what uh, what's playing big statted creatures? What do you mean? I mean, like, what what, what are the big mid range decks that this does nothing against? I mean, what does it do against Warrior? Oh, you like, you, what, can't, what? you can't play it because Withered Hand Cultist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what what does it do against like uh, even a mid sork? Uh, or or a good Dagath list that may or may not have went like fifteen and zero on stream last night. If you're, if you're into that sort of thing. I just feel like it doesn't... I feel like it's really good against certain things, but it's not going to matter enough to change a whole lot as far as what's on ladder. I think that this card is really good against the decks that people are playing to beat Conscription with. Uh, I think that it actually... like, it, Let's say you're, you're playing Crusader and you're against Warrior and they don't have um, a Withered Hand Cultist out. This is the kind of card that would let you break that mirror, right? Because, like, uh, Warrior is in some ways stronger in that matchup. Crusader is in some ways stronger in that matchup. Both are likely to have stuff on the board. Um, Harmony wins that. I also feel like 
maybe the decks that this is, you know, being played against, if we're looking as, you know, it's being played against more aggressive decks. Those decks have a lot of burst too. So it's like you just put a, a scimitar or play a couple orc clan captains or, and then you get your damage back and then you still push lethal. I definitely think this card is going to see most impact in arena where it will be yeah, just absolutely amazing. Definitely a good arena card. I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are at like it, it over the last couple of years, the the importance of playing for board control, I feel like, has been pretty greatly diminished. Um, and this is a card that like harkens back to a different era of legends. <laughs> you know, unless you're just using it to gain life or to win a conscription mirror. You know, like yeah. oh, like look, I have one more turn than you do with my conscription creatures. I mean, uh, yeah, this card is going to win games. It's just will it do it consistently? Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about whether or not I would try this in a Redoran Conscription list. Like, I know that Redoran Conscription is worse in most matchups than Talani Conscription. But, like, it is a deck that could get to 13 Magicka before the other Conscription deck gets to 11. And could, theoretically, play Conscription and Harmony in the same turn. Which I thought was kind of an interesting thing they might try to do. So, when I think about this card, one of the things I like to keep reminding people of is that when forgotten hero collection came out there weren't a ton of cards that people were super excited about at the time and now like after houses of morrowind was released a lot of them got insane bumps in value so i've been trying to look at all the cards from frostbark and think about like what would be potential future applications what are the kinds of decks or cards that i would be on the lookout for to get more value from this you know uh, even more so because we know we get Isle of Madness coming soon and those cards were de developed first. And I think that this card is the kind of card that uh, there's not many right now. There's really just uh, like the Namira combo deck. But if there's any willpower based combo decks that end up arising where you're just trying to buy yourself time to get a combo off. Right. I think this could be a really powerful tool. Yeah. I mean, like you would run if, if this was green, you'd run this in Abomination. At least I would. Yeah. And I also think about cards like Aerostorm. Like, I know we're kind of joking about it uh, as a bit of a meme or whatever. Um, but, you know, if there's something that's like uh, the board-wide version of Aerostorm or something like that, it might be worth considering. And something like Spellsword that struggles with go-wide decks, right? Yeah, Spellsword yeah. traditionally has a good point removal, but until you get to even just like Dawn's Wrath, which is a single lane, they've struggled. Right. I, I also think yeah. about... Um, what if, right, again, just thinking about kinds of effects you would want to keep an eye out for, um, what if we ever saw something, uh, even if it was just like a unique legend or it was a really expensive card, but if we ever saw something in Willpower that said uh, effects uh, that reduce attack or effects that reduce power until end of turn um, no longer go away at the end of the turn, right? Yeah. Then this becomes like poor man's drain vitality in those scenarios. Um, Absolutely. There's just, there there are some things that I could see uh, in some magic world where you might want to consider this or it would increase in value. Yeah, I, I like this card. I, I don't know how often I'm going to play it in Constructed. Uh, it's a card that I will consider as I, you know, like let's say I run into three different, uh, three decks in a row that are doing something similar. Harmony is the kind of card I might think, well, you know, this is what's going on right now in the ladder. I'll, I'll run a copy or two of Harmony. Uh, like I said, I do like it in decks that run Namira Shrine. I think it's the sort of thing you could get away with running 
uh, in the main deck again. I mean, I say main deck as if there's sideboards, but you know, like on the ladder, without thinking about the meta. I think you could run a copy or two of Harmony in a Nimira Shrine deck. Um, and I do like it in Agro Halalu. If Agro Hala if decks like Halalu reach a saturation point in the meta, it would be a great mirror breaker tool. You mean if like control falls by the wayside and it's like a quarter of your games are halalu, you take out the withered hands and stick this in? I can see something like that, absolutely. I mean anything that gets people to not play withered hand cultists is just like awesome for this fucking game, so <laughs> <laughs> Hey, people that play conscription don't typically play withered hand cultists. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there. Absolutely. Johnny Astro says this looks amazing for Dust's Prophecy Support Mage. I, I thought about this in Support Mage. I'm not sure I'm a fan of it in Support Mage. Support Mage struggles to, like... Like, you, you, you don't draw a lot of cards from your own deck. <laughs> you know, like... It, the fact that there are matchups where Harmony is dead is going to be a problem for support mage, in my opinion. But getting this from College of Winterhold, yeah, it seems could be seems pretty right. good in support mage. Seems like it could be amazing. It's in off College of Winterhold. Yeah, I agree. Somebody needs to use Harmony on that dog. Oh, you can hear that. Oh, great. <laughs> that is Kuma. He's my 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 dog. <laughs> good boy. And I'm pretty sure I just severely pissed my husband off. <laughs> oh, yeah? Why is that? Uh, no, like, uh, he was trying to tell me something, and I was just like, I can't. <laughs> so now he's mad at me, but it's okay. I'll make it up to him later. <laughs> right on. <laughs> we have rum. Rum? Mm-hmm. I don't drink. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. I, I do like um, what Charmer was saying with this card as far as uh, Spell Sword having some kind of AoE. And I was just thinking, like, if you um, if you get to play Mushroom Tower, that might be kind of a fun. Yeah. Because then you can <laughs> you can give betray to your Arrow Storm and just fully wipe oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, Justin. not the arrows. Oh arm. my god, you're right. Yeah. That is that is the Ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, so, no, yeah. Aerostorm is one lane. Yeah, yeah. Derek, do you remember that? Do you remember that token mushroom so. tower deck? Yeah, the one that I have a 100% win rate on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Miranda, D Derek and I are in the hotel room in uh I think this was the night that the fire alarm went off. We're in a hotel room in in, in LA. And he he want he's jonesing for some legends, but his phone won't fucking charge for some reason. And we're just hanging out in my room, and I was like, "Here, man, play on my phone. Use my account, and just play one of my decks." <laughs> and so I had been playing with his deck. I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna use Imperial Reinforcements to, to power Mushroom Tower, so I can betray Jadal's treachery. That sounds awesome." <laughs> and like that's what I had been doing with my fucking time earlier that day. <laughs> and uh, this this works. I like this. I like this arrow stone. Okay, so you you need two creatures on the board. So you you, you play call you play harmony or whatever it's called harmony. You betray harmony. Then you play arrow storm and you betray arrow storm. That's it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get to that point, 
before you die. I mean, honestly, you just have to play Mushroom Tower, and then you only need even, like, six Magicka, because you can use, like, Scouting Patrol, and that will yeah. give you enough creatures for the other Betrays. Yeah. I'm willing to spend three cards to wipe my opponent's board. <laughs> I mean, four if you count the Mushroom Tower, but whatever, you did it with Flare. I mean, you kind of already won the game <laughs> when you played Mushroom Tower, just, you know. Yeah. That's how that card works. <laughs> I... I remember I tried playing Chidala's Treachery with Mushroom Tower, and it didn't work through the to steal the second one. Like it, it still just destroyed. It destroyed two creatures. Really, that seems wrong. It yeah. does seem wrong, but that's exactly what happened. Was like that I with played... a, Was that with a new client? No, this was several <laughs> months ago. It was wow. several months ago. I played uh, Chidala's Treachery with Mushroom Tower and betrayed a creature. And I was like, okay, I'll kill this one and steal the other one. And it just killed the second one. Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shinar points out that you can betray Scouting Patrol, which is true. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it. <laughs> that's yeah. how you get enough to do it. Um, that makes sense, man. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you can also, uh, just throwing this out here, in this Mythical Spellsword deck, run, like, Chanter. Yeah. For even yeah. more shenanigans. Oh, Chanter. Oh, my goodness. You, you're bored to fill up instantly and you should be able to do anything <laughs> This is, good. this is really good. This is everything Justin wants. Mm -hmm. I wipe my opponent's board and my board floods with stuff and then they concede and all is right in the world. Yeah, <laughs> concession wins are significantly better than all of their wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in. We, we kind of peaked early tonight. Like, we had the excitement yeah. of, like, your power going out, like, or whatever the fuck happened. Like, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm super jazzed by this, though. I mean, there was the dog, too. Mm, yeah, there was a dog, yeah. yeah. There was an internet outage. There was a husband. There was a dog. <laughs> mm hmm I mean, and also a card. Yeah. Harmony. Mm. We met a, I just released my video, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh I think the one the card that gets revealed tomorrow is uh Bone Thugs, right? Is it the first of the month? <laughs> Come on, that's good. That's no, really good. That's really good. I slow pitched that. <laughs> wake up, wake up. <laughs> Get up, get up. Yeah, yeah. Alright, let's get that. <laughs> I guess we should I guess we should uh transition to the interactive part. Let's take some questions from chat and uh we'll see all those people at the crossroads. Did you just notice that I launched uh uh Slay the Spire or something on Steam? <laughs> <laughs> All right, first question right out of the gate. Thoughts on Fireball? Fireball did uh, work in the tournament today. It's meta in the creatureless challenge because of the power of token generators. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all I got. <laughs> it does one damage to face. It's a big part of the Pacific meta, which is which is a specific meta. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm playing Slay the Spire, Pete. <laughs> it's a good game, man. So, Nerth asks, how are aggro decks supposed to be a thing anymore with the non-stop control support? All right, funny you ask. Um, aggro's <laughs> dominating right now, Narth. I don't know if yeah. you just haven't played in a bit, but... Uh, aggro's king right now. Aggro is doing very, very well at the moment. Yep. Yep. That's not to say that there aren't still control decks floating around, but uh, I think people figured out that the best way to play control is by controlling the enemy's health points. If you get their HP to zero before yours gets to zero, you win. The spell sword says that control rhetoric stomps you ever in every match. <laughs> First of all, that's that's a sword <laughs> sword ninja, not the spell sword. Oh, I I meant yeah, I meant the sword ninja. It's good times. There ain't no doom blade in here. Dies to removal. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, silver fuse with us. What's my favorite card? All right, yeah. What is your favorite card? I don't know why, but mentor's ring. Oh yeah, one it's of just, the. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. It's just really cool. Yeah, I don't. Know, I like the art on it. Like the premium looks really cool, and it has a neat effect. Uh, I used to put it as a one of in uh, Sork. It you know lost terribly most of the time, but. Uh, every once in a while, you get that, you know, drain guard ward on your entire board. Yeah. A actually, it's, it's, it's pretty sick. It's really good in Sork right now. Um, Burn, think... Burn and I and a few other people were actually talking about that. Now, at worst, it's like three points of reach. Um, but mm -hmm. just ward, or especially if you can get it on a Barrow Stalker, can really turn some games around. Or if you're if you're at 11 uh, Magicka, you can play creature and then play Emmerich. <laughs> It has to full board just do a whole bunch of face damage. That card has to limit design space like significantly, right? Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think of that card in Nord Firebrand as I just like if I am a Falma card designer, I must just like look at those cards every time I'm sitting down with some new cool idea and be like, God damn it! <laughs> it's actually not Nord Firebrand that's a problem in my opinion. I think it might be Shadow Mirror. Shadow Mirror is probably worse. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I like, I, I like, the, I like Shadowmer a lot, actually. But yeah, you're, I think you're totally right. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Fire Drake asks, "Do you think the new cards will change up the meta because they are good or because they are new?" Both. I think it depends on the card, but honestly, I think a lot of it will be because they're new. Yeah. But that might be all we need, depending on, like, we don't know when the release date is yet, and we don't know the release date of Isle, but even if it just shakes it up for long enough until it gets shaken up again, yeah. that's uh, Good kind enough. of all we need, you know? Yeah, I agree. And then, kind of related to that question, we had... Uh, Grognax thinking about building a good sorcerer deck. You've come to the right Twitch channel. <laughs> My makeup was actually inspired by sorcerer. Oh, there oh, we go. Nice. I appreciate on theme makeup on, with legends. I really do. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally serious. 
It was uh, Symmetra. Sorry, I was trying to find the question again. Uh, Symmetra had asked, what, what is everybody's favorite card so far uh, from Frostbark, and which ones do you think will see the most play? Uh, um, why, why don't you go ahead, Miranda? Well, I think which ones will, uh, which ones do I think will see the most play? And which one's your favorite? Which one's my favorite? Hmm. I think I kind of like the Khajiit. The more that I think about it, it doesn't seem like a bad deal playing a 5 cost 7-5 with the kind of neat effect. But, you know, at the very least, you're playing a 5 cost 7-5, which is decent. So, yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, I think that uh, Shadow Marking will see a lot of play. Yeah. Like, a lot. <laughs> yeah. People do love to draw their cards. They yeah. do. <laughs> I, I don't... Just so we're clear, I was kind of just talking shit earlier when I said I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> like, I do think it's good. I just... Yeah. That's who I am. <laughs> yeah, so my favorite card uh, revealed so far, or at least the one I'm most interested in testing, is Shadow Marking. And the one that I actually think will see the most play is going to be uh, Piercing Twilight. Now, bear in mind... That's not because I necessarily think it's the most powerful, but I think it's the one that people are most excited for because there's a lot of people that like to play um, non-conscription control decks and they are going to be of the assumption that that makes those suddenly viable again. So I think that it's going to at least be a popular pick on the ladder for a couple of weeks. That's fair. Yeah. I think people will be drawn to that one because people get angry at a lot of things and they want to see that thing go away so banishing does that <laughs> yeah it, i mean you, you're right i don't like that so no you can't play that it is satisfying <laughs> in a way i mean it really is very satisfying in a way and people looking for that sort of experience are probably gonna run that card yeah but i think what people keep forgetting is unless it was from like a merchant's camel or, or uh, an endoral or something They've already got to play one of their good cards, and you still had to have an answer for whatever that thing was that you hated. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, if you're playing against Conscription, like, you still have to survive that first Conscription and then also play your Twilight <laughs> before they play the second one, right? So unless you have, like, Ice Storm plus Twilight when they've played their Conscription, it's not going to be the, like, end-all, be-all answer that I think some people expect it to be. Just like when Memory Race was released and everyone thought it was going to be the death of uh, Necro Scout at the time. And then we were like, well, yeah. probably not. Junara, by the way, in chat is asking to see the Banished commercial. <laughs> I'm, I mean, we, we work for the people, Derek. I mean, we do, which is why it's on uh, YouTube. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I had an interesting thought, but you guys just were talking and just went away. Yeah, well, now that I'm not watching the screen as I'm doing the podcast because I'm playing Slay the Spire, it's difficult for me to pick up on social cues. <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's let's cool. ca catch up on the questions while Nickel tries to remember. Grognak says, for Charmer, two catapults or three catapults and sorcerer? Uh, the answer is Satanine, but if you're going to run the catapult version, you always run three and probably Satanine with it because it buffs stuff and gives you the O1 body to trigger it. Also, Satanine. <laughs> um, Did you hear about that card, Satanine? Yeah. 
Did you uh, see the like the fanfic porno that somebody wrote about? I, I I I did. I was I was yeah. trying to I was trying to scrub my my mind of that. Silver uh, fuse I've ever seen. This is a good uh, point, a, a good part to you know remember what I was going to say. Mm. Is that piercing twilight doesn't matter with the 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 banishing because uh, the conscriptions are always in their hand anyway. Yeah, there is that too. Yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, Silverfuse <laughs> asked, uh, "What do you expect without Firebrands or Shadow Mirror?" Uh, that was in reference to Mentor's Ring. I don't know, some other cheap charge creature, a giant bat. Either way, it's always Mentor's Ring's always a problem. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think it's enough of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Trying to get caught up here. Uh, somebody asked about Frostbark release date. We do not yet know. Uh, Lieutenant Norm asks, uh, why did it initially get called Frostfall in the announcement? How, why did this change? Apologies, because I don't constantly read Reddit. So uh, originally <laughs> it was going to be named Frostfall, but yeah. somebody else already had a trademark claim on it. And yes. so Bethesda uh -huh. deciding that it wasn't worth the time and money spent on legal fees and everything else to continue using the name just decided to change it to avoid uh, trademark infringement and lawsuit issues. So they changed it to Frost Spark. Um, yeah. I know that upset a lot of people. A lot of people like Frostfall because of the alliteration and it rolls well off the tongue. Uh, and Frost Spark is not as easy to say, but that is legitimately my only complaint about Frost Spark as a name. After, it's just like, hey, Sparky Pants is. Yeah, but should have just been Frost Sparky Pants. But no, so hear me out, right? From an artistic standpoint, Frostfall was one of the choices because it's the name for the month of October in uh, Elder Scrolls lore. And here's the thing, right? If they would printed this uh, expansion and they said, "Hey, gang, we got this cool 11 card expansion coming out," and we were like, "Great, what's it called?" and they said, "It's October." We would say that's dumb. So just because it's October, like you're naming it after a month, right? Like, what the fuck? No, hear me out. If if they said like, hey, our expansion is named October, you would say, no, seriously, go fuck yourself. What's the actual name? So, oh, man. so, uh, meanwhile, Frostspark has like some artistic interpretation you can take, right? We've just went through a long, cold winter of no content, and now we have a new developer. And now oh, we have new cards and it's hopefully going to, this is hopefully going to spark some stuff up. Right. So I can say, Hey, at least there is uh, close to some meaning in, in the name Frostspark. This is the winter of our no content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You under, you under, that's like the greatest thing anyone's ever said on this fucking show. We had to retire. Yeah. No, here's, to I, I told you earlier that wow. I was going to, I told you I was going to win you over, Justin. I wow. told you, you know how long I've been saving this? Uh, <laughs> the winter of our no content. Fuck I you. knew, I knew, <laughs> I knew I had this. Oh my God. This is brutal. Well, and I'm I know a lot of people are upset. Last podcast. Listen, I know a lot of people are upset because they're like, well, I, I don't think that a self-referential stuff is blah, blah, blah. But like one Self-referential stuff in video games has been around since the dawn of time. Um, and not even video games, card games. Never Reynolds Disc and Magic from the base set is literally Larry Nevin spelled backwards. Um, yeah. Mon's <laughs> Goblins Raiders as a reference to a friend of a dude. There is no, like, Mon. 
you get like Noob Saibot is Tobias Boone spelled backwards. And if you think it's not in your precious little Elder Scrolls universe, I can guarantee you there are NPCs and side characters and this and that that are named after nieces and nephews and blah. Like, it happens. The only reason people are upset about it is because it's a little more in your face than they're used to, and it's after a rocky change between developers. If this, if they had knocked this thing out of the park and there wasn't some uh, sort of animosity, I don't think anybody would, would actually care. Like, it's just because of the turmoil we went through. That, that's my stance, and I also still think that it's dumb to name your expansion October. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not. That rant, that rant is my winter of no content. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it anymore. It's pretty fucking good. It's the funniest thing you've ever said. Oh my god! Shut this podcast down. Burn this guy in chat. Said I agree with Charmer. I don't think Burns ever agreed with me. <laughs> Maybe my opinion is wrong. Stream. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. So anyway, that answers uh hopefully Lieutenant Norm's question. <laughs> Remember the question. Uh he was uh he or she was asking about uh why the name change because they don't read Reddit oh. constantly. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. It was just a long road from there. We just got so far away from it. <laughs> it's been a long ride. <laughs> Getting from there to here. <laughs> oh god. Oh fuck. Maybe we will play the uh the banished commercial like after the podcast. Like maybe after we we roll out, we'll pull it up and, and play it for the crowd because some people do apparently want to see it. Because uh, as I'm trying to catch up on chat so that I make sure I don't miss questions, I even saw Grognak say, pause the podcast while we all go watch it. <laughs> I can't believe no one's asked me about my name. That's oh, like yeah. A, a meme where, at this point. Where is Nickel Queen from? <laughs> it is from Romanesque and Ian Bits. Um, my original username for Twitch was M meaning for Miranda, Nicole, my middle name, which I don't actually go by. I don't know. Right, that's your in-game name. Right, I'm Nicole, 90, I was born, so. Um, <laughs> so, Roman on, always... Derek and I need to feel old for a second. <laughs> okay, okay, go ahead. Give you us... can have a moment. Give us a moment. Okay, okay. Okay. Whew. All right. <laughs> so, uh, I guess it was Roman that would always say, I'm Nicole. Instead of M. Nicole. Mm. And then Ian started saying M. Nicole. And I'm like, okay, well, I would change my name to Taken. Nice. There we go. No, it's good. I like it. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> so, uh, Sword Ninja asked here's a question. Why doesn't uh, Nick's Hound, I assume he means Nick's Ox, see play against conscription? Hold on, Nick's Hound would be good against cons oh, conscription. Oh, Actually, maybe it does, does mean yeah. Nick's Hound. Nick's Hound would be really good against conscription. Uh, why not? Because... Well, I, I don't know. Where do I begin? Actually, <laughs> something to do with Minnesota. It's funny. Derek and I were talking... Uh, remember, Derek, 
we were talking about Hidden Lane or Hidden Trail and Nixox or Nixhound. Yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah, we, we talked about it. I tried oh. it and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah I, but I tried it. I mean, I, I've spent some time trying to make that work. Yeah. Turns out it just doesn't work. Hmm. Yeah, same thing with um, the 4-3. Because for whatever reason, the Hidden Trail doesn't apply to it before yeah. the effect, which I think is yep. wrong. Yep. Uh, but I look, I mean, did forever, though. we tried to do God's work here. <laughs> I mean, it might work with forever. I just know when we were trying it with hidden trail, it wasn't working. Yes. Huh. Justin and I had like a whole brainstorming and testing thing. Yeah. Interesting. That's really, I mean, it's actually, it was sad because I was like, it really seemed like a fascinating new idea. It was about three, four months into the Morrowind meta and I was like ready yeah. to do something different. Yeah. Bummer. It's been a long time. Uh, you, got, you got the song stuck in your head there? Yeah, he, he does that. <laughs> At least it's a better song than the last one was stuck in his head. Which one was that? I don't know. Don't say it because then it'll probably be worse. <clears throat> Hooker with a penis. Oh, that's right. I sing that for like a week. No, dude, it was like the entire month we were in LA together. You were like yeah. at the airport with me and singing yeah. it while going through security. That's right. And I, I was like, you know, oh, those wow. lyrics will get you searched by the TSA, right? <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Oh, that was great. Uh, Iwebby asked, I'm new to Nixox combo decks. In what order do the effects happen when you have Nixox and Path Mages on the board when you play Uprising? Uh, you always get your Magicka first, and then Path Mage goes off. That's why the combo works the way that it does. So Nixox resolves first, and then Path Mage. There is, uh, if you need like a really good beginner's guide, I got something on my YouTube channel, shameless self-plug, um, that's like <laughs> a half hour of me going through the basic combos. My time is finally here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Justin's on a watch list now, dude. So in in Kansas, when you get released from prison, that uh, if you have an open FBI file, they're required to, to inform you. <laughs> and I lived on the state line, right? Like I crossed between Kansas and Missouri every day in the commission of felonies. And um, so, needless to say, about a week before I got released, I got called down to this office, and they're like, yeah, "Just Mr. Larson, you know, sign these release paperwork. By the way, you have an open FBI case and file and whatever." So then, like, on the podcast a while ago, we were t I was talking about how I had filed a Freedom of Information Act request to receive a copy of my FBI file. <laughs> and since then, I have an update. I received a letter back from the FBI informing me that I didn't have the right to have that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at with that. <laughs> yep. All right. Still catching up on questions here. Uh, the Elder Peter, fantastic name, by the way, uh, asked, why didn't I receive the Telvani card back after 30 wins? Because it's Telvani, and you should know better. But also because it's a bug, and you should submit a support ticket. Damn, Charmer throwing down some fucking shade here today. Dude, haven't you figured it out? The last, like, three weeks has just been my descent into old manness. <laughs> like, I'm shaking my fist at clouds and telling people to get off my lawn. You guys weren't born in 1990? All you, no. <laughs> no. No. I was born in the year where I need to start, like, 
actively thinking about picking up just for men. See, I'm going gray. <laughs> I, I'm going gray, but I'm not going bald. Yeah, I got well, my first gray hair last year. Yeah, that's year. that's the going gray. Just for men is the color, Justin. <laughs> oh, but I, I, think, I just well, listen. You and I are not going to be silver foxes. We're going to be cotton I just, tops. I just assumed that whatever was happening to you was bad, and so just like you know, go bald. <laughs> silver fox? No, I'm like a polar bear. <laughs> Question for Justin. Malibu Barbus asks, Justin, can you break down every episode of Enterprise? Uh, I've seen them all. You know who else is a big fan of Star Trek is uh, Christian. Like, um, no, I cannot break them all down. <laughs> <laughs> I liked. Uh, I didn't like Enterprise actually. To be totally honest with you, um, I. I like Star Trek in general because I like science fiction and I also like the magical, you know, post-commerce world that they live in. Uh, but I didn't feel like Enterprise was very good. So, actual, legitimate, like, good question from Coolio Yo. With the card reveal, what deck and classes do you predict you're going to play going forward? Um, gosh, the first thing I'm going to do, that's a tough one. Probably uh, Apex Wolf, um, Steeler Secrets, OTK Mage. Because that card just makes that deck better. Um, what about you, your highness? <laughs> I'm thinking. Oh my god, Grognak says Justin know. is Kirk, CVH is Spock, Charmer is Dr. McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a fucking cantankerous old man, dude. <laughs> I really am. I was about to be like, no, I'm totally, I, I was like, I should totally be uh, Spock because I'm also very rational and logic and re but then I was like, no, no, I'm just angry. <laughs> 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 poor bastard yeah i'm that too i'm honestly not sure how the new cards are gonna influence all of them yet well what's got you excited or is it none of them or are you just gonna like keep playing something with mentors ring <laughs> i mean uh none of the cards are really like ooh, i want to play that i mean when i heard they were gonna release a wolf card i was like oh sweet something i can you know i can put pack leader with that and have fun with that but i just and like it just really feel like the wolf card was underwhelming and kind of bummed about that i guess i you know i'm not a big fan of the wolves they they break my immersion they break my lore they're not nearly as big of a represented like species in the actual games as they are in legends and it's clearly mm -hmm. some self-referential stuff from direwolf to throw them in and it just, it just really makes me angry, guys. Like, why would you name something <laughs> after a developer? I don't, like, the course that had, like, how many wolf cards, right? Fuck like. Me. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I'm, uh, in all honesty, mm -hmm. the, the first thing I'll probably play, unless something spicier gets revealed, is going to be uh, Swindler's Market Archer again. Because I want to 
try to jam shadow marking into that and see uh, what fun I can have. I think that that deck is due for a revisit. Yeah, I think these these small actions might try and make the betray mechanic work better. I'm just thinking of Mushroom Tower memes for some reason. I've never really played with the card. I'm just thinking of <laughs> betray memes. Yeah, Mushroom Tower is great. <laughs> it's actually terrible, but <laughs> by great you mean terrible. Then yeah. All right, legitimate question, and it's, it's a hot button awesome. topic for me. I was actually just complaining about this last night on stream. Oh god. Indiana Indiana Johns, fantastic name by the way. Uh, do you like that some cards have multiple entry or attack voice lines? I think it's the best thing since sliced bread. I play with the sound off. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what any new voice lines are. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> The way my sound setup is for recording. <laughs> yeah, somebody made me listen to that, and it was funny. But like the way my sound setup is arranged is like, uh, the sound is pumped in through something besides what I'm hearing, which is absolutely nothing. So I don't know. What What about you, Miranda? <laughs> um, I think it's. I, I kind of like the variants. Um. Some of them I'm not a huge fan of, where it's like, oh, that's just strictly worse than the other one. Yeah, that's my biggest complaint. There are certain things you just can't get better than. How dare you add another entry line to Nord Firebrand? How dare I have to... I already have to deal with RNG from Belmora fucking Spymaster, and now when I play my Nord Firebrand, there's a chance I won't hear the words time to fight? If I didn't have that hotkey to a soundboard so that I could hear it myself and spam the button because I'm pissed off that my Nord Firebrands aren't saying time to fight, I would be infinitely more upset. You would see daily daily posts on Reddit of rage and hatred towards Bethesda and Sparky. How Time to fight is so iconic. I expect to hear it. I expect to hear it on other creatures. In fact, the first customizable thing that I want from Sparky, I don't want a new board. I don't want a new avatar. I want an announcer pack where it's just everything I do plays time to fight. Absolutely everything. Right? I queue up for a game, time to fight. I save a deck list, time to fight. I load up Chaos Arena. No Sheograth, time to fight. That's what I want. As a cantankerous curmudgeon my, like I am, it, it better just be time to fight. <laughs> I'm just picturing you with the... I can't actually see you. I don't have the stream open. I'm just picturing you with the cane, just like... <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Dr. McCoy. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. That's what I think about that, Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, I don't like that line, Indiana Jones. I will cut your purse and your throat. I don't like that one at all. That one's just. Who says that one? Um, thieves guild recruit. The little two cost really? one two draws a card. I will cut your purse and your throat. That that's crazy. I've played that card a million times. I had no idea about that. Which is you know not lore accurate either because thieves guild you know they never kill anybody mm. yeah interesting i'm gonna name my next cat thieves guild recruit 
That seems like a mouthful. <laughs> Originally, I, I've said this before on the show, but when we first got Celine, I was the only one home for about two hours. And uh, so I was like, awesome, I'm going to name the cat. So I named the cat, I named her Harriet Tubcat. And <laughs> so then, Sandra, then Sandra got home. And uh, <laughs> that's how she got the name Celine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't get into any of my animal stories, did I? Uh, I think we got sidetracked. We, like the animal conversation was like part of the conversation about breaking people's noses and. Oh uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Next question we have is Hot Potato Hot Potato asks, do you think Piercing Twilight will have a significant negative impact on combo decks like Marka Archer, Leafwater OTK, and etc.? Shadow Marking helps finding combo pieces without playing them, but also seems like Twilight could 100% shut down some of those decks if a combo piece is played too early. Uh, Well, okay, I guess in the case of Market Archer, it's possible, but super unlikely. That's my thought. Market Archer specifically requires, like, I mean, like, it can win without it, but it really can't win without it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that, that would be the deck <clears throat> most hit by something like that. I'm not a huge combo deck player, so. <laughs> Just despite my love of mentors, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my. I, I don't... Good. I was gonna say my initial thought is probably not a ton because it's always matchup specific and like if you're playing against the tribunal control deck as market archer you don't have to worry about playing your combo pieces early because right you go off on turn 12 you like yeah you just go off late when you dump it all from your hand and then like they're just gonna be sitting on a bunch of removal that they can't play on your stuff right they're a control deck they're just gonna draw pass draw pass they might play a couple of threats but uh smorking you down isn't and especially if you just extra don't tip your hand early they might play uh tribunal and play it conservative thinking all right he's not playing cards but he's on archer maybe he's on like control rage archer so they might not want to like flood a lane to open themselves up to rage or something it's all about um execution i think in that matchup but i don't think that it's gonna I mean, also, the honest truth is those decks aren't seeing a ton of play right now anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to make something go away even harder. Yeah, I don't... I like it much more... I think it's much more interesting, too. Not as, like, a combo-breaking card. I don't think that's... I don't think that's its purpose, to be honest with you. I think its purpose is to just... Oh, do cool things. Like in every such in every match it'll be do it'll do something different. I think that's what it does. Good time. <laughs> and awkward silences. We're all a little off tonight. Like it's weird. This is a well, good episode. Like I've had fun, but I also can tell that like we're all on some kind of different bullshit. <laughs> I'm 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 doing my job where I'm trying to read through chat to find questions to answer. This yeah. is usually where Justin carries me, but he's trying to play Slay the Spire. And yeah, okay, I got I, I got you. I got Nickel's you, not talking about her dogs, so I, I got. I mean, this. I would, but all right. So here's the deal, guys. 
Oh my god. Question. <laughs> Why play any of the new cards over continuing to play something tested like Warrior? Because it's fucking boring. That's my actual answer. Yeah, honestly, that would be my answer as well, right? Like, what what is it that you're competing for right now? Like, what is... Like, that's what it comes down to. I know that's something Endozoa always asks. Like, what's your goal and whatever? But that's legitimately the question you ask. Is if you're... You know, if your goal is to, you know, finish high on the ladder or something, then you're just going to play whatever is the most efficient anyway. Um, but if it's not and you don't care about your ladder finish and you're not trying to prepare for a tournament at any given point or whatever, why not experiment? You may experiment and still find out that they're just bad and that's fine. But I'm a firm believer in um, sometimes you, you still have to try things out just to prove that they are they are correct. I mean, that's how science works like. Even if you suspect that gravity is a thing and you're like 99% sure, you still run enough experiments to uh, declare it a law, you know? What about magnets? How do they work? Magic. <laughs> Miracles happen every day. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, if stuff gets too quiet, I can play my guitar. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know you play guitar. I do. Awesome. I've done a couple of streams of it, actually. Sweet. Nay, no, don't so take it personally. Lately. I don't watch Twitch. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, that's not what that comment meant. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch YouTube, so... <laughs> I totally understand. I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting caught up to chat where everyone realizes I'm just an old man yelling at a cloud. <laughs> it's true. Listen, here's why I, here's why I, uh, all joking aside, why I get like that, why I get so riled up. It's because I spend the entire, like, rest of my life not being that. Like, I'm always, uh, at least in my family and at my workplace, uh, the calm, like, reasonable, rational one. Um, you know, I, I spend all day at work trying to, uh, outline exactly what needs to be done and why it needs to be done based on, re you know, reason and logic and, and sound uh, best practices in the industry that I work in, and then nobody listens to me, and then like I just get frustrated, and then I come home, and I have a beautiful wife and amazing <laughs> kids, but like they're a five-year-old and a two-year-old, so I'm like, hey, you guys probably shouldn't be so close to that fire. You're gonna get burned, and then they're like, ow, oh, I got burned, and I'm like, you probably should have listened to me, and. Um, so when you go all day with nobody listening to you and you finally get, you know, your me time, and that's what this is, hanging out with all of you guys, this is, uh, what I enjoy and I love it, uh, you gotta let loose a little bit. And so, now I you get to yell. You're forced to listen to you, so. Right, that, that's why I started this podcast. I said, Justin, I need to yell at people. <laughs> nobody else will let me yell at them. He's not wrong. He wouldn't have you any other way, though. That's exactly how this show started. <laughs> Actually, the, it started with Justin and I saying for like six months, hey, we should do that. Yeah, it sounds fun. <laughs> and then we never did. <laughs> That's true. I, well, can't, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So a lot of uh, a lot of chat going over new voice lines and stuff that they like. Um, somebody mentioned in chat yet again that Red Brahmin is not an Argonian. We've talked about that a, a couple of times. That's a sore spot in the lore community. 
Yeah. Dude, does it break anyone else's heart just a little bit that Ian Bits doesn't follow them? No. Doesn't The only the only person he follows is is Ewan McGregor. He's trying to keep it a meme. He wants to see how long he can keep it up. He's done pretty well. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't break my heart. Like, I, like I, I follow a lot of people that don't follow me back. That I interact with regularly. <laughs> remember how remember how the legends Yeah. <laughs> I played falling? Legends for like a year and a half. They were inviting me to events and giving me card reveals in the whole nine and they weren't even following me. Like I'm just used to it at this point. <laughs> Pretty much everybody from Direwolf unfollowed me. So like I lost that. Yeah, all the designers from Direwolf unfollowed me too. Really yeah, bad. it's like it is what it is. Like there's there's uh in the artifact closed beta, there's a bunch of people I interact with uh pretty frequently. None of those people follow me either, you know? It's like I'm used to it. It's cool. <laughs> Fine. That's why I yell at people on a podcast. Scrognack <laughs> 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 in chat says, I can see Charmer asking his kids what time it is, and they say time to fight, and he tears up a little. <laughs> 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 Fuck, dude. Listen. If it wasn't so cold in Michigan in the month of October, they would be Nord Firebrands, and instead of saying trick or treat, they would go door to door saying time to fight. <laughs> uh, Pete Crichton asks, "Would you like to see more tribal support?" Mm, I go back and forth on this. Yes and no. Like, there are certain people who love tribal. And I want them to have a good time playing this game. I kind of don't like tribal. I don't like the linear decks that encourages people to build. Um, but like, it is fun too to play tribal decks for no reason. Like I've done that before. Something entertaining. I don't know. I, I really. It's hard to say. I never want a linear tribal deck to be on the same power level or to, to eclipse in power level. Like otherwise, like reasonable strategies that work because of like more complicated synergies that people have spent time developing, but I, that might just be me being stupid. Yeah, I'm I mean, in the same boat. Like, I want to give people what they want, and there's a lot of people that want it. And I understand that there is uh, some danger in, like, making deck building to do it yourself, you know? But I also think that tribal gets a bad name for that because there's a lot of just plain, like, art types that end up being the same way. Like, it's been refined now, obviously, but that was kind of the way Halalu was first played uh, at the beginning, right? Everyone was like, how many plot cards can I throw into Halalu with Haunted Manor? Go. You know? <laughs> so it's not just tribal decks that that sometimes happens with. Sometimes, you know, uh, how many times have you seen people playing a werewolf deck where it's literally like, I entered the word werewolf into the search engine for deck building and did it. Or I did it with dragon and I did it. It's like you know me. Yeah. Um, what I love is when people do a tribal with dragons, and then there's dragon tail. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I can follow that reasoning. Yeah, no, I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> I would totally do that. <laughs> but I mean, mechanically, right? Like, 
you see it with items, right? Like a lot of people that'll just jam in like all the guys that interact with items go. I've seen that in Battle Mage and, and Sorcerer. And I'm not talking about like the actual like thought behind it, like combo ones, but I'm, you know, early uh, open beta legends where it was just like, oh, all these things say the word items on it. So I jammed them in a deck or, um, yeah. you know, all these things say treasure hunt. And, you know, they're not necessarily good. But, treasure hunt. Yeah, but... <laughs> But like people like that stuff, right? There's clearly an audience yeah. for it, and I think catering to them is really important. So yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I would like to see the introduction of a new tribe, or like made relevant an existing tribe. I thought Falmer might be an interesting one for an expansion. Yeah. Um, just because like I feel like all of the printed Falmer cards are on the cusp of playability. Uh, I've thought that. Um, What's the other one? I think Argonians would be one that would be a lot of people could get behind, but you'd have to give them some kind of you know interesting reason to be played together. And right now, the, as far as the tribe goes, they're sort of all over the map. And have that Black Marsh Warden deck. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Black Marsh Warden card, great. <laughs> I've played it in a long time. I, I need to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> it was the original uh, four cost five five. I wonder how much money I made Bethesda because I encouraged people to craft that card. <laughs> also, I wonder how many apologies I owe people. We've got uh, another great question. Uh, what will we uh, all be dressing up as for Halloween? Uh, Sandra's dressing up as Zatanna from the DC Comics thing, and I'm dressing up as um, a male, male version of Magician. I'll probably be dressing up as me in my pajamas watching TV. <laughs> That's cool. We're going to intentionally leave our light off. Like, we don't want kids coming over, but like. Yeah, we do that too. Well, like, I will dress up. <laughs> like, and then just hang around the house, probably stream or something. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just because it sounds like I'm going to be the one taking the kids trick or treating while Sophie hands out candy. And if that's the case. I can't do anything too elaborate because um, you have to be mobile enough when you're trick-or-treating with young kids that you have to chase them down if they like run off and you have to have like enough vision to keep an eye on them in the dark so like elaborate masks are kind of hard like it's one thing if I'm handing out candy or I'm at home like trying to scare the kids that come to our house then you can get a little more creative but I don't know I have not fully decided yet when I was a kid one year my dad had this Jurassic Park mask it's the one that I used when I play an Argonian Mask has been in my family for a long time. I guess I actually wasn't that young when this was happening, but it, it, at some point in the 90s, <laughs> one Halloween, he hid in a bush in the front yard wearing that fucking mask. <laughs> <laughs> and kids would come by, like little fucking kids would oh, come by no. trick-or-treating, and he would jump out and roar at them. And, and he it meant it very innocently. But of course, of course, it was fucking terrifying children and pissing off adults. <laughs> yeah. Usually my favorite go-to is you like dress up like a scarecrow with a jack-o'-lantern on your head and then you sit like super still in a chair on the porch, right? So you just look like you're a decoration or a prop and then the kids come up oh, and they yeah. ring the doorbell and... I like that. Yeah. My brother did that just to me personally, just random, you know. That's funny. Yeah. Terrified me. <laughs> every, uh, every... April Fool's Day for years, I woke my brother up at like 6 a.m. and I'd be like, Travis, Travis, it's snowing, there's no school. I'm pretty impressed with that. 
<laughs> Get all excited in his, you know, early morning. Oh. Yeah. Alright. Uh, another good question. Uh, when is passing the right call? Legends is my first card game, so I could use some help. It's actually significantly different than any other card game because of the way the, you know, runes and everything work. Uh, the, the, the question you need to ask yourself is, given the worst case scenario, like, will I survive if I break a bunch of runes? And what is my long-term plan to win? Like, does this set me up to win in the future, or am I just giving my opponent resources for no, like, no value? That would be my suggested answer anyway. I can tell by your silence that you completely agree with me and think I'm a genius. I was I was giving Miranda the opportunity to jump in. I'll just um I mean, anytime you have a game plan, you need to think what your opponent needs to do to stop it. And if you think they are able to do that. Alright, my my semi-serious answer is uh, you have to think about things like is the action I would be taking like truly worth the outcome, right? Like if my opponent has, you know, some no-name 3-3 on the board and I'm sitting on a cast into time, is the cast into time really worth getting rid of that 3-3 or do I wait because I suspect they might be playing Sower of Revenge next turn or something? You have to weigh the cost-benefit and the the actual value of your current play versus the potential value of the immediate future. Like, don't wait too long, obviously, and think about other things that, like, if you don't make this play, then how do you get punished by it? But that that's, that's my semi-serious answer. And then my actual, like, 100% real serious answer is never pass because you should be going face like any good time to fight playing aggro player would. Play threats and go. <laughs> TDC Jason like just had the the best re response to this kind of a question I'd ever heard. Right when he was like, he was asked why he extend like he he could have won in the in his masters one of his master series games like literal twenty minutes earlier. It would have been possible, like a win was mm -hmm. possible. And he's like, look, I, I I thought about it, and there were exactly two ways from that point where I could still lose the game, and both of them involved me attacking. So I kept yeah. passing. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Indiana Johns asks, how would you like cards that vary in strength based on the number of missing runes? So like heal X per missing rune, uh, deal X damage per missing rune. Basically think of it as like reverse burn and pillage style mechanic. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't have a strong reaction to it. I feel like cards like that are inevitable. This pause is where you jump in, Miranda. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think, I don't think a card like that is gonna have much of an impact on anyone's game plan. Just maybe stall for a turn or something. It's kind of shocking to me that Rift Thane is the only card like that in the game, because it seems like such an obvious mechanic in a game where there really is a, uh, an increased amount of tension about your position as the aggressor and, and the reactive player. You mean Pillager? No, Riftane. Riftane. Yeah. Okay, I thought we were talking about runes. Okay, sorry. Well, I mean, yeah. runes and health are, like, kind of tied together in that same... 
Griffin is really interesting. What about your um, own missing runes? Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's what we were talking about. Gumchu is the idea of, you know, if you're if you only got two runes left, what if something does, you know, like heals you three health per missing rune, so you'd heal like nine because you're. The simple existence of the cards like that, though, would warp the way people play the game, right? I mean, it would encourage OTKs. Right. Mm-hmm. It would make uh, the ebb and flow of the game like much. The pendulums would swing much farther, and that's actually one of the reasons why they nerfed uh, pillaging tribune as hard as they did so long ago. So it's a fine line for them yeah, to walk. Yeah, and uh, and make um, necklace. The explanation for that was similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah like. I mean, like it's funny. At the time, I was I, I initially like that first moment. I was not a fan of the snake tooth necklace nerf because I played a lot of decks that were real greedy and needed snake tooth necklace to not die. <laughs> like, and then I thought about it for a while, and I, now I I cannot think of a balance change I've changed my mind about more. Like, I feel like the old snake tooth necklace would be horrifying to play against, and like given the cards that have come out since the nerf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that and not green. Yeah, not, I mean not green. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. But I feel like it was it, it was easier to be wrong about snake tooth necklace. <laughs> not green. Not green was obviously <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> no, I mean not at the time it was nerfed though. That everyone thought it was out of left field, but that's because we didn't know it was coming in the future. Uh, Lexicon asks us, of the new cards announced, do you think there are any that have been misplaced into the wrong attribute and could have been uh, better in a different attribute? And if no, what attributes would you like to see get more support from the upcoming story expansion? That's a really interesting question. Um, hmm. I don't know. I struggled to answer that. Well, if you struggle to answer it, I'm definitely going to struggle to answer that. Yeah, I usually have at least bullshit to say about anything. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, I think that a case could be made for uh, Piercing Twilight to have ended up in a different attribute just because many yeah. many of the effects that exist in the game exist in more than one uh, attribute. Like, Silence is traditionally a strength and endurance uh, uh, kind of uh, home, right, for that mechanic. Similarly with like support removal um, and there's a lot of things that have some overlap, but uh, things that get rid of cards or affect your discard pile are solely in blue right now. So maybe that could have went somewhere, but obviously it makes sense being in blue because that's where memory wraith is. Um, I think that the uh, orc one makes sense because it's an orc, and if it's going to have a last gasp, then endurance is uh, probably the right place because it plays into the the trifecta of last gasp effects over there. Uh... Veteran enforcer is apparently the only correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they'd ask of the new cards, but yeah, veteran enforcer is obviously <laughs> not in the right attribute. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... I, I think most of them are probably where they needed to be. In terms of, like, future attribute support... <sighs> future attribute support, that one's kind of tough. Because... 
it's hard for me to say like what exactly is missing that I would want to see. Like we have combo decks. Um, I mean, we at least have one or two control decks, but like, let's be honest, there's only ever going to be one or two control decks in any given meta because the minute you find one control deck whose matchup isn't uh, any worse than all of the others against aggro, but it beats all of the other control decks, then that just becomes the control deck. There's almost always some sort of like apex predator in that archetype. Uh, and then there's like aggro is doing fantastic lately. So it's hard for me to sit back and go like, hey, this is the archetype that I really think is lacking. And yeah, I don't know. Hmm. If I knew more about the lore, I could probably answer the question better. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, if we're not talking about, like, attributes or archetypes or whatever, like, I'd love to see a bunch more Daedra, right? I'd love to see, like, an Oblivion-themed expansion, like I'm sure a lot of people yeah, would. Yeah. I, suspect that would neat, yeah. I, would, I suspect that's in the future, too. Yeah. Um, I assume this is pronounced uh, Zilver or Silver. Sorry if I'm slaughtering that. But they ask, what are our current ranks on the ladder? I am Legend 700 or something like that. I am like around 200 or 180. I think. Yeah. Uh, when I got my login bonus earlier today, I was at 135. Which uh, is actually low for me for the last couple months, but... No, this, just, is. this is exactly where I end up when I hit legend. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, like any incentive to have anything resembling a reasonable win rate disappears the minute I hit legend. <laughs> I mean, that, that was my problem at the start of the season. Like, yeah. I I was like, I'm not going to take this season serious because I started uh, this month traveling for work, and then when I got back from that, I was sick. So I didn't even like really start my climb until it was like the 12th or the 13th or something. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to like meme it. So from like ranks five to three, it was me playing a bunch of stuff that I would not normally play. And then I did what I always do. And I went back to uh, playing mid range decks because that's that's what I love to play the most in Legends. And now I'm climbing again because that's what happens when you play mid range decks. It's weird. If you curve correctly <laughs> mid-range decks aren't always just about the curve though um it's a I think, huge part i think that a lot of people think of mid-range as strictly like just uh curve stone is a nickname i've seen thrown around and and so yeah. forth but to me when i think of mid-range decks i think of decks that are trying to win in the midpoint of the game right? That's why it's mid-range. You're not really aggro and you're not really control, but that doesn't mean that your game plan has to be just play on curve. It just means you have to have a clear pivot point. So against aggressive decks, you can fight for the board and be defensive and sometimes um, take some non-traditional routes, but then in the midpoint, you know, around that six or seven, as you start to stabilize or your board has uh, developed and you've made proper trades, or maybe you land that hand of Dagath or whatever the case may be, you pivot to then being the aggressor, right? That's the way that a lot of, at least for me, uh, the way a lot of my mid-range decks work is uh, you're trying to just accurately decide when am I the beatdown, when am I the control, and usually at some point in the game there's a pretty clear pivot point. So, like, playing on curve helps. I mean, it, it helps with any game, but I don't think that it's a requirement. I think that sometimes people people feel like mid-range, like, that's all it is, and uh, it's not... 
I would agree with that assessment. Yep. Because <laughs> I've got faith in my heart. <laughs> no one's going to bend or break me. <laughs> I can reach for the stars. Are, are you, is this how you're going to make me talk more? Yes. I can do like, uh, anything because I've got okay. faith um, <laughs> of the heart. Uh, I'm distracted and traumatized. Right. Just catching up on the <laughs> chat here. Sailor Dude, we don't have the notifications on for the podcast of the, uh, because of the recording. God, I'm slurring my words now. Justin's having an effect on me. Um, but I did see the, the sub, so thank you. Uh, Cheeto Taco, I did see the raid, so thank you as well. Making a swoon a little bit, am I? Uh, Zombie asked what the sub goal was at. Uh, in order to get the next emote unlocked, we currently need 10 more sub points. We get another emote at 10 more sub points. So this That's is awesome, th This is the part where I shamelessly say, hey, you know, if you have Twitch Prime, <laughs> you can use that for free, you know. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I already used mine, sorry. Yeah, I know. I, uh... <laughs> and just I like that, Namespace Exhausted subbed with uh, Twitch Prime. Which, that's also a really fantastic name, by the way. Yeah, that was dude, pretty cool. Dude, I am still a fucking affiliate. Like, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of that status. Yeah, you should do something about that. You know I, what? <laughs> I, I sent off an email. I was like, hey, hook it up. I don't know what else There's to do. Nothing wrong with being an affiliate. Is there anything else I can do? Um, <laughs> you could try, like, skywriting. Send them smoke signals. It's a good idea. It's <laughs> a good idea. I don't... I just I just want more emotes. So, this is, a, this is a good question. Something that we talk about off and on, uh, often. Uh, Lexicon asks, do you believe that Direwolf creating three attribute decks was a mistake? I get that they're fun, but things can be fun and still not necessarily be good for the game. I'll answer first. Yes, I think it was a mistake. Yes, I think it's super fun. Uh, that's it. <laughs> what, about, uh, what about you, Miranda? I think they didn't realize a lot of things combining the colors that they did. And I hope that in the future, maybe, you know, if we, if we get some kind of, you know, cycling out of cards that we'll either switch up the three classes, or I mean, like the, the attributes that go in three classes and give some of the others some love or just go back to dual classes. Because that's really what Tesla's always been about. Yeah, um, I think I think that right now we're feeling the effects of it because of a content drought. But I'm gonna mm -hmm. take the uh, kind of a weird stance and say that they are fun, um, and I think that the the mistake just may be the prolonged period that we're exposed to them because the way that they implemented the tri-color classes, uh, they did it in a way where, in theory, if we ever do introduce set rotation, they could go away. So yeah. you, you can't make a, a three-color deck unless you have a three-colored card in your deck. And if we ever do, you know, sometime down the line, uh, have set rotations and Houses of Morrowind ro uh, rolls out of the rotation, you won't be able to make three-color decks anymore in whatever format 
uh, is the standard format, and then you'll have to go to some sort of legacy. Um, so in theory, if we had uh, not had the transition and we had regular content, um, it's a chance that we might have approached the point where set rotation would have been needed much sooner, in which case our our exposure wouldn't have been prolonged, right? Like we thought we were getting a head cold and now we've got the flu and it's turning into polio or whatever. So, um, is that how that works? Pneumonia. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why you don't vaccinate your kids. So, Oh God. <laughs> in, in Derek's case, it's syphilis, by the way. It's uh gonorrhea. No, but like all jokes aside, seriously, I think that that is the, the crux of it. Right. I do think that, uh, you know, it's fun because that was one of the things that used to be a pretty common post, right? Like, hey, if you ever could add a third attribute, what would it be? And we all would talk about the, you know, things we would do and whatever. And then we actually got to do it, right? So it was yeah. fun. Um, but like yeah, long term, there is a part of me that just hopes they're not there forever, right? Yeah. I liked that classes had a class identity. Um, the houses have a little bit of an identity, but it's not as much. And the reason that you don't feel like houses have an identity is because... Uh, so, like, with Houses of Morrowind, there's only so many plot cards, right? And then, because there's only so many of them, and you have to put them in a 75-card deck as opposed to a 50-card deck, you play less of them because the pool is smaller, and you see them less often because your deck is bigger. So the identity isn't there, right? It doesn't feel the same as when you would play your old-school classes and have that, that feeling. Um, and then it gets exacerbated when you're... Uh, house identity, if you will, is just garbage like Tribunal, right? Like Tribunal doesn't feel like it's got any identity because it doesn't. Nobody's playing any Exalt card but uh, the Tricolor Legendary, and then that's it. So I would like to see stuff go back to class identity at some point. I would like to see that via set rotation, but in order to do that, we need regular content, so. Yeah, yep. I agree. Totes. The goats. That's right. Aww. Uh, Silverfuse asks, what do you think of there being no rotations in casuals, but rotations in ranked? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I would prefer a splitting of the ranked ladder. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just it. Like, I would like to see a legacy yeah. format, I would like to see a standard format, and then I would like to just see a casual format. And I'll go a step further. If you get a really good and interesting tournament client where you can actually set whatever restrictions you want um then like the floodgates open i was actually talking with justin about this but for a different card game <laughs> the other day oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh i think that good tournament clients are actually one of the best things you can do for a casual community because a lot of the complaints we see is like, I just want to play meme decks, but when I go to casual, I'm still running them in the meta decks and this and that, right? There's no good way in the digital card game space right now to really simulate what I call the tabletop experience or the kitchen table experience where it's like me and like four friends and we just want to do something ourselves yeah. or it's me and like, you know, seven other people at a Friday Night Magic and we just want to do... Uh, the equivalent of like EDH or Two-Headed Giant or whatever, right? Um, yeah. But if you have a robust tournament client where you can set the rules and you can invite people to participate the way you want, you can get like homegrown casual formats and alternate formats that sprout up and can be supported from the people who are really into that. I think that uh, if a game can nail a really good tournament client in the near future, that that will do a lot for whatever they're casual experiences 
I agree. So tournaments are making the game more casual? They can, yeah. I know that sounds really weird, but when you say, like, tournaments, everyone thinks, like, co competition, right? But the truth is, because uh, I've done this a lot of times with buddies of mine, right? Like, if you uh, just sit around and build some magic decks, maybe your friend brings a cube to QuakeCon, let's just say, and you all and, and you all build a deck, and then you just, like, you play each other, and then I go, like, oh, okay, like, Corey and I have to play each other now because we were the winners and like Josh plays Justin or whatever because he won and then we're all just buddies, right? But there's still right. that like tournament format that's happening that's facilitating whatever fun game mode we're playing. It, you know, tournaments, we think of like high stakes, high profile prizes and on a stage and whatever, but that's not what it has to be. It can just be like mimicking you playing at your local game store but again, we can't do that in the current digital like card space, but a, a good tournament client will, would allow that. I agree. That's that probably sense. the most eloquent thing you've ever said in this show. <laughs> Which is uh, amazing because I was like stuttering halfway through. I'm having that problem where my brain is going way faster than my mouth tonight. Yeah, I actually fell asleep 25 minutes ago. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> actually, you know what it is? Like, I keep thinking the show's going to end soon, and I need to go get insulin because, like, my pump's out. And uh, I'm starting to feel ill. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. That's where we're at. I mean, it is pretty close to uh, done because I'm, I think, up to the last question to be caught up. So... Uh, Lexicon asks, uh, would you like to see new keywords or do you think the game is fine as is? Uh, I can concede that new keywords can be fun. However, bogging the game down with things in the same spirit as Treasure Hunt or Exalt is what makes me hesitant to wanting new keywords in each major expansion. And uh, from... I say bring, bring them on. Yeah. I think new keywords would be interesting too. Yeah, listen, whether I think that uh, existing archetypes need more support or not, uh, you're going to get more keywords because that's how they sell new expansions. They want to give you new things. More reasons to Mundus Stone. Yeah, I mean, we just got a, uh, a card with Pilfer. Have you seen that? <laughs> if you're not familiar with that keyword, it's, it's never made an appearance on the ladder. But, uh, <laughs> it, uh, it's going to be joining the rigs of competitive cards soon enough. All right, and uh, with that, we're caught up. Sweet. So, Justin, do you want to... I'm willing to hang out for the after show, but I have to go get some insulin, so... Well, I was going to say, do you want to, like, send us yeah. out? All right. Hey, thanks, guys, for your wonderful show. I'm very excited to have had Nickel on the show tonight. This is something we've been talking about having on for a long time. So I'm super happy that our schedule's finally linked up. Uh this is, of course, one week before Frost Pants comes out, and I could not be more excited <laughs> to be playing with these new cards. I'll see you guys on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs>